Boom. Oh, look at that. We're doing it. Welcome back to the void. I think we sank deeper into the void this past, like, two weeks. Yeah, we got worse. Yeah, we... (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's been Um, quite a past two weeks. I have anxiety. Same. Um... Oh, cute. Matching. <laughs> Matching mental Twinsies. Um, yay. So we just were like, you know what? Even if we made something, it would not be enjoyable for anybody. Yeah. And then, well, because originally that week we were just going to have me do like a solo episode and then Whitney do a solo episode last week. And then I was like, I can't function. And then here we are. We're here now. We skipped a week. That's all um, that counts. And I had my solo episode last week, but this weekend is the Oscars, so we have to do our Oscars podcast, and then next week is Whitney's solo podcast. So, get ready to just hear me talk by myself for an hour. Yeah, I'd like to see you um, level up mine. I think I think I can. I think I will also be rating milks. Mm, Alright. Except everybody seems to agree that oat milk is the best, which yeah, it is. It is. So there's really no else. Like else almond to go milk from is there. a very close second. The only thing that puts almond milk below oat milk is the fact that it's like really bad for the environment. I mean, it's better than like milk overall, but like, here's the thing: it takes a ton of water to grow almonds, and California's already in a drought. And like, look, are we al- again? Yeah, I think I think Newsom declared another like emergency. Oh my god! I mean, has it? It's rained. I can literally count on like one hand how many times it's rained so far. Yeah, it has not rained much. It literally... Oh. It is cold today, though, which is nice. I'm wearing big, fuzzy socks. No, it's been, like, gloomy for, like, two weeks straight, and I'm kind of sick of this. Yeah, it's a hard balance, because I really don't want it to be the gross, dry, intense heat that it gets in the summer, yeah. but I am also tired of the gloom. I just want it, like, California has the best weather between, like, March to, like, end of June, when it's like 80 degrees outside and like bright and sunny, that is the best weather. Yeah. That is the only time of the year where I'm just like, California is the best state. No one can argue with us. You wish you were in California and then like the whole state is on fire and like it's burning hot and there's bugs everywhere. Like, then I'm like, Alaska. Three months later nice. and I'm just like, save us. I would love to live in, actually, I would hate to live in Alaska, but. Um, that's not what we are here to talk about. No, believe it or not. We're here to talk about. <clears throat> Le Oscars. Woo! Yeah. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with the Oscars. Yeah. Like, I love the drama it creates, but also, like, they're stupid. Yeah, award shows are just also, gross, but here we are. Genuinely, like, the Oscars don't matter outside of the year that they happened. No. Because, like, people talk about, like, what was nominated other years, and I'm just like, okay. <laughs> I just, I have an especially big problem with this year's Oscars, which is funny, because it's like, <clears throat> sorry, uh, this is big thoughts over here. It's like, they're getting the exact opposite effect of what they wanted. They were like, we'll nominate all these photos so people can't tell us that we're racist and photos? sexist. Did I say photos? Yeah. Whoa, what the heck? Sorry. They're like, we'll nominate all these films. So You people- know what will really throw them off the rhythm? Photos. Best photo of the year. Yeah. Um, it would definitely be the one of Prince Philip in the back of all those cars. <laughs> Those are so... Anyways, anyways, so this year, they're like, hey, we'll nominate all these films so people can't call us sexist or racist, but that's exactly why I'm mad at them, because they nominate them to appease us, so we can't blame them, but you know they're not going to win, because Oscars would never have the goal to actually award these movies. Well, okay, so here's the two things that drive me crazy about the Oscars this year. Um, 
there were significantly better movies in the foreign film than some of the ones that were actually nominated for Best Picture, which oh, yeah. we need to talk about. Um, and so I think we have different opinions on this, which like might be interesting to discuss. I don't think Promising Young Woman should have been nominated. I don't think Mank should have been nominated. Oh, Mank should not be nominated. Um, David Fincher is... Yeah, the movie is just like, okay, whatever. Um, and that there are ones in the foreign film category that should have been nominated for oh, Best I'm Picture. Oh, I'm so pissed another round wasn't nominated. That movie I'm like, was Okay, fantastic. I'm halfway through that one, so don't spoil anything okay, for me. Okay, I will. I I'm will. still catching up. I have like four movies left. I only yeah. have one Best Picture, and then I have a couple of the foreign films I need to watch. I was going to try to watch all the documentaries, and then just none of them really interested me, so I was like, eh, it's going to be yeah. a struggle to get through. Um, um, I'm not mad at Your Promising Young Woman. I I think it should have been nominated. I don't think it should win. I I have a problem just with, like, I don't know. I, I'm just, like, eh, on the movie. Like, I feel like they nominated it because it was like, oh, shoot, we have a Weinstein problem. Yeah, no, that we've exactly. been ignoring, and so they nominated it because of it, but I just don't think it's, like, a best picture-worthy movie. I think, um, well, that's my exact feelings towards, like, Judas and the Black Messiah, Trial of the Chicago 7, even to a degree, Minari. The Oscars are like, oh, let us nominate these so people know we're not racist and yeah. blah, 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 but we're like, okay, so then give them the award. Yeah. Like, in my opinion, Judas and the Black Messiah was the best picture of the year. No, like, give it I the agree. Award. Like, give it the award, then, if you, this is what you actually think. But they don't. Yeah. They just nominate Oop, these movies sorry. so we can't get mad at them. Yeah. Um. I also... Okay, one that I think should have been nominated that wasn't, and I'm going to butcher the name of it because it's not a language that I speak, so I'm sorry. Um, but I don't know if you've seen it yet, the Quo Vitus Ida... No, I haven't seen that one yet. Dude, it's incredible. Is it really? It's, like, it... Okay, so, without spoiling, here's how I'm going to describe it. One, the movie is, like, two-ish hours long. Mm-hmm. Um, It wasn't until the last half an hour of a movie that, like, it kind of hit me. Like, oh, shoot, I'm not watching, like, a documentary. Like, I'm watching a movie. Like, these aren't... This isn't really happening to these people. Like, that is how good the acting is, is that you genuinely feel like you're watching, like, a documentary like a real thing happening in real time Mm. um the subject matter is incredible the last 15 minutes of the movie is probably one of the most haunting things i've ever seen and i've seen midsummer twice like we've watched midsummer twice and that was the most like maybe mentally scarring thing i've ever seen to the point where i was like "Mm, not gonna impact what just happened because i don't like it's gonna send me into a spiral if i unpack what happened um so it's incredible, and I genuinely think it should have been nominated for Best Picture. Also, like, just I'm not super great at world history, and this is definitely something that, like, I did not know about before. Wait, it's what about, is this movie about? It's about the Bosnian genocide. Oh, yeah. I just genuinely did not really know about it or anything, and I feel like I learned, like, so much about it, and I think that that should be a big part of the Best Picture category is that it makes it has some sort of influence on, like, the greater world than just, like, the general art society, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it should have some type of, like, important message or thing about it. Because that's, like, for me, why Judas and the Black Messiah was above um, Minari or Sound of Metal is because, like, Minari and Sound of Metal 
incredible movies but i think judas and the black messiah tells a story that not a lot of people really knew about no, i had no before and i think that is what makes it a more important like like that should make it like best picture like that should be taken into consideration for a best picture is like what is the actual story that's telling and like how does that like impact not just the like artists that are watching it but just like a general viewer like how does it impact them like yeah, like, it's it's incredibly sad that it's such a timely movie, because you yeah. would have thought that we would have done better by now, but Judas and the Black Messiah hits. Yeah. It's like, so many of the lines only hit in the context of now, Yeah, which, again, is depressing yeah. and shows that we will continually have more work to do, but, yeah. like, that's why it's so important. That is you're, was... If you're like, wow, nothing has changed. Yeah, like... and that's why, like, I was so upset years ago when we thought La La Land won, is because I was like, okay, like cool it's a beautiful movie it's a cool like story it had some cool music but like i could have also just not watched that movie and like my life wouldn't have been altered in any way versus like when i've like watched like parasite judas and the black messiah like moonlight like those movies to me were like to some degree like life altering and that i saw like life differently because of them i didn't see life differently because of the land like it didn't present anything, like, new to me. It reminded me how insufferable most of L.A. is. <laughs> that is true. You know what? Yeah, that we, we changed our mind. That was a life-altering movie. <laughs> Actually, Actually, um, I think, because it's been circling back around again, the, like, um, video from, like, when they found out that it was mixed up and, like, all the actors' reactions. <laughs> and the fact that Ryan Gosling just sat there laughing, I was like, you know what? I like him a lot more now. He knew. He knew that. He, he literally just stood there and just started laughing. And I was like, that, actually, or I have respect for it him. It just blows my mind when you look at, and again, the Oscars never change, which is so frustrating. But when you look at the lineup of actresses that year, and Emma Stone won Best Actress for La La Land, yeah. I'm like, were you even acting in that movie? I feel like that was just you. Yeah. Like, no, exactly. Why did that win Best Actress? No, I agree. I I highly agree. That's why, like... You know, that's I'm actually... It. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna okay, look it up okay. to make a point. That's why, like, me. I am still so very upset that none of the actors from Parasite got a, even a nomination for Best Actor or Actress. Ooh, because yeah. I'm just like, how do you have an award winning... Like, a... What? You have a multi-award winning movie, a history-making movie, and you make no effort to credit the people that made it that way like the sister should have been nominated um really almost any of them could have been nominated and i would have been totally on board she somehow beat out merle streep which florence foster jenkins was not her best but it's merle streep what blows my mind is she beat out natalie portman for jackie that was a phenomenal performance oh i don't think i've seen that by natalie portman playing a real life historical figure in yeah. this just tragedy and they were like no emma stone for la la land deserves it like no yeah wow that's upsetting i'm really upset so, about that yeah she i don't know pretty, like though. here's the thing is that i i don't i don't care about the oscars opinions like i don't care about like the people who are actually like making the decisions about the awards it's more that these kinds of awards and the types of movies that we like even spend like an hour a year like spotlighting like that makes a difference in what stories are told 
in the years after like that makes Mm -hmm. a difference in like who we like elevate because like quite frankly i don't know if like moonlight hadn't been nominated like would judas and the black messiah have been nominated or like nearly as no way popular or like even minari like i don't think call me by your name would have been nominated without moonlight first stepping in and providing an lgbtq plus love story yeah or even like minari like Ooh, that absolutely would not have been nominated last year if it wasn't for Parasite. But then it still bites you in the ass because I don't think Minari's going to win because they're like, we've already appeased yeah. the Asian community. They have already gotten their Oscar. Yeah. So, like, again, I still... Minari, personally, is not my first choice for Best Picture, to mm-hmm. be honest. But even if it was, I still don't think the Oscars would give it to them because they've already given it to Parasite. Yeah, for sure. So it's just this endless, like, paradox of how... Again, they try to be progressive. I'm doing air quotations. Um, But they, like, never actually are. Yeah. Like, my opinion of the Oscars would actually change a little bit if they give Judas and the Black Messiah the best picture. If they do, I will become hopeful again. Yeah. But I would put money down that they're not going to give it best picture. Okay, do you want to hear what my theory is on what's going to win best picture? You know what? Yes, yes, because I okay. also have a theory. Go ahead. I think Nomad's Land is going to win. Oh, And yeah. here's why. I have a really big problem with that movie. Not because of the subject matter. I think the subject matter is really important. But I think choosing to have that as a written fictional story rather than an actual documentary where you cannot edit or, like, or ethically you should not be editing or... Um, like stifling like what these people are saying about their life experience it just looks like a bunch of rich people playing extremely poor people and romanticizing poverty and romanticizing something that actually shouldn't exist in the first place like the fact that and i'm gonna like preface by saying i've read a ton of reviews on this on letterboxd so like not all of these are my ideas it's a collection of a bunch of stuff i've been reading and i was like oh that's a good point no i've oh that's a good point no i've seen real published movie reviews by critics saying the same thing that you're saying like, yeah there's like, a weird issue with this movie there i think it really bothers me to see like rich people playing poor people because i'm just like there is no like you don't have more than likely that experience and if not it is not easily accessible to you when you're like a millionaire or potentially a billionaire like that's not a narrative that like you have probably lived out very recently um so that really bothers me it also bothers me that a movie about such like quite frankly extreme poverty does not mention any issues of healthcare, even though a person is sick in this movie doesn't mention the issue of not having health care does not mention the issue of the potentials for sexual assault for a woman living by herself in this kind of condition. Like, it doesn't talk about safety. It doesn't talk about, like, any of the wide variety of things that people like this actually have to live through. And it just kind of, like, romanticizes, like, living in a trailer. And, like, you know, like, poor people are just, like, so much closer to, like, nature than we are. And it stems a lot from the fact that we have this weird narrative right now, and I've seen it all over TikTok. Dude, I was just about to bring that up. Yeah. Van life on TikTok. Van life bothers me because it is really easy to, like, give up comfort and things when you know that you have, like, your parents' money to fall back on. And I'm saying that as someone who, like, parents can financially support them and, like, it is because I can rely on my parents, like, financially that, like, I am able to, like, go to grad school or do things. Like, I have more freedom to be able to do things that, like, 
otherwise society would not support, like, financially support me doing. Um, Like, it's really, really easy to be like, I'm just going to go and, like, live in this aesthetic van and, like, all of this stuff. But, like, those people are seen as cool and free spirits, but living in, like, a trailer, it like, you're trash. Like, you're trailer trash. Like, that's not... Or they want to say, like, giving up comfort. No. Have you heard these people? They drop thousands on decking out these vans and buses to be comfortable. Yeah. And I'm like, people who actually have no choice but to live out of these vehicles don't have freaking heater pads under their Tempur-Pedic mattress that they put in the back of their van. Like, it's so... and see, It's, it's It's this weird way, and I was telling my dad about this, that, like, it's this weird thing of... Rich people playing poor people, and I think it's a way of, like, mentally pacifying a lot of guilt over the fact that you have the means to be able to help a lot of these people, but by kind of pushing this narrative of, like, actually, they're so much happier because they're closer to nature than us, there's not a responsibility of, like, oh, shoot, there are people in need and I have resources to help them, like, I should be feeling, like, some type of, like, support to help them and, like... There's Because I told my dad, I was like, the only people that say money cannot buy you happiness are rich people. And I was like, money sure can get you very, very close to happiness when you can have access to health care, to mental health care, to stability, to um, like having all of your needs met. I was like, it's like that's very much the narrative that it pushes is like money can't buy you happiness. And I was like, yeah, but it can like it helps guarantee a lot of things that can like put you on the track towards happiness or it's like i saw that i saw this one tiktok that just i was like this is the plight of the proletariat when he was like all these stuff was saying money can't buy happiness then give us your money yeah like if it's not bringing you happiness then maybe you should use it for something else like yeah. okay oh my god yeah it is upsetting yeah so like i just have a lot of problems with that movie and i feel like hollywood's gonna pat itself on the back for like acknowledging the plight of like poor people when like no (laughs) like that's not it so I think that movie I think the subject matter is important but it should have been a documentary and I think I get the feeling from this movie that as a person was probably researching this and like doing more in-depth look it was starting to get uncomfortable the narrative that would have risen out of it and so a lot of it is just kind of like swept over and like not really acknowledged so yeah no I agree with you I think that's the number one one's gonna win um Minari, I watched it last night. How was that movie so devastating and so comforting at the same time? Dude, that movie right, that movie ruined me. That one had like I almost can't even talk about it because it hit it hit harder than Parasite, which I yeah. didn't even think was possible. But yeah, that one was incredible. It was so good. I honestly, and again, this is not going to be a fun opinion for you. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. Like I think Nomadland. Sadly, I think Mank. I think Sound oh, of Metal. Like, I think all these other things will probably beat it out. I will, my mind will be blown if Judas and the Black Messiah or Trial of the Chicago 7 wins. I will be a little bit less surprised if Promising a Woman wins. Yeah. Because then the Oscars could really get behind this whole feminist movement thing. Yeah. And make us feel better about it, even though it's still a movie about a white woman. So, yeah, that's so, my, my issue of it is that it literally is just, like, girl bossing feminism, and I felt like, I felt like it didn't actually acknowledge, like, what sexual assault does, because it's, like, the, the premise of it is, like, so fictional and so, like, 
hashtag like girl boss like she just owns all these men instead of like actually like really having an opportunity to dig into like how much like colleges and these like professional programs like hide issues of sexual assault and rather just kind of turned it into like a fun little like action thing like feel good like i just don't but i will say though the only reason why i don't totally hate it is that men get those movies all the time yeah like john wick like i i love the john wick movies and that's why personally i can't fully take offense at promise young woman is i'm like men get like no much like not a lot of thought action films where he goes on a rampage because somebody killed his dog i'm like i'm not mad at somebody trying to make the female version of it i think it's the subject of using sexual assault as the driving thing behind it that kind of bothers me like i think it could have existed if we had already been doing the work years earlier of of uplifting and like giving accolades to like movies that actually talk about sexual assault in like a real and like honest way and then like start you know kind of making the movies that maybe aren't as like thought about but I think since like it's a subject that already has not had a lot of like depth added to it that's where like it kind of bothered me is it's like cool we're like this is the only way we're gonna handle it and it's very like I don't know like hashtag girl boss like white feminist like yeah it just kind of bothered me yeah no, I mean, it's I fair. Will, that's, an, that's a I will say that them casting cast. men who have been... I don't know if this is, like, purposeful. I kind of hope it was purposeful. But them casting, like, Bo Burnham, and I can't remember what his name is in, like, Max real life. Max Greenfield? Yeah. From New Girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the fact that they kind of, like, casted men that, like, we have kind of seen as, like, lovable people to, like, play these really terrible men... I kind of liked that because I feel like it did kind of throw you off your rhythm a little bit. Yeah. It kind of threw you well, off. Are we just going to spoil it? Um, Spoilers if you don't want to hear Yeah, because that would be slightly a, a spoiler because for some of the movie you don't know, Bo Burnham is not a good guy. Oh, I'll put it in the description. That... Yeah. So then, so, but no, I'm glad you said that because now I feel free to also say spoilers. Yeah. I will say, and like everything you just said was valid and I agree with you. You're right. Like there should be more sensitive movies before we can move into the realm of yeah. like let's in a sense you know what i mean have fun with this and make a fun girly revenge movie like i get that but the one thing i do slightly respect in which a lot of people had issues with actually and i was like (laughs) y'all um was that people were like so again major spoilers but in the movie you think that she's done all of these awful violent things and then you kind of learn at the last minute that she kind of didn't like when i saw the trailers for the movies i thought she was killing all these dudes yeah and that's apparently what everybody thought and she's not. Um, and so I actually really respected that choice. And I read a review from the director, Emerald Fennell herself, where she was like, I don't think violence is the answer. She's like, I'm not going to perpetuate a movie where she just goes on this killing rampage. Because yeah. she was like, even though, like, yeah, to a degree, if you want to argue these people deserve it, fine. But she was like, I don't think violence is ever the answer. So I'm yeah. not going to perpetuate that in my film. And I was like, you know what? That I respect, yeah. actually. Like, that I actually can get behind. I think my, like, my main issue with the movie, from a writing standpoint, is that none of the characters are well-developed. Like, Bo Burnham's character is the only one that's, like, somewhat well-developed. I feel like the rest of them, like, I just didn't care about them enough that, like, this movie felt, like, good to watch. It just kind of was, like, okay, like... I think this was one of those times where... And again, I don't fully hate the movie. I get what it was trying to go for... 
I'm not, like, totally trying to trash on it, but I really do think it's one of those things where it was such an aesthetically pleasing movie yeah. that they were, like, best picture. Like, yeah, like, it also just kind of bothered me because it was, like, this girl's, like, best friend in the movie is played by Laverne Cox. That's her name, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Um, and I'm just, like, you literally have, like, a trans woman of color and then don't address, like, how much more likely they are to experience, like problems of violence and sexual assault in their lifetime like that's where i was like oh this feels very white feminist yeah that casting felt very well we need one person who's not white so that kind of rubbed me the wrong way too it was like good good idea and i could see it here's my thing i'm putting it under my category of art pieces where i'm like you needed a couple more drafts and you needed more diverse people in your like pool of people like reading and helping you draft and do things because there are things that like like my job is literally working with people with their writing and you need so many different people to look at things because everyone has their strengths and what they're going to be able to catch out of a story and I feel like there wasn't enough eyes on this to find these things and actually work to correct them like I don't think it's on like if I'm looking at it on a spectrum of like throw this away to like, this is one of the best movies ever made. I feel like it sits closer to, like, a good movie than, like, throw it out. But I think it just needed a couple more drafts to work through and, like, build these characters more. Like, I feel like it was finished and, like, the script and everything was finished too early. And here's the thing. Hollywood is on this kick right now of short movies, yeah. which, like, I'm all for. I'm not mad at I don't it. Have an like span, we so don't need any more nice. Titanic's. We don't need any more. You know, I I just Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> yeah, like we don't need those long movies anymore. But it could have been longer. Yeah, like it could have been way more fleshed out. Yeah, it, it was entertaining and aesthetic enough that she could have done that. Like our attention was held. Like I think it was really interesting that they had this like whole character that's mentioned in it that's like never seen, and I think that that's really cool. But again, it just needed a couple more drafts to, like, better develop these characters. Like, that's why, like, I just ended the movie and was kind of like, okay, whatever. Is because, like, I just didn't care about really anyone besides Bo Burnham. Or it was kind of like, how come we got to see all the men who assaulted her and we never once got to, like, see a scene of Nina being a happy, alive person? Does this movie break the Bechdel test? I don't think it does. I don't know. I don't know the Bechdel test well enough to say. That one... I hope I said the right test. That one's where you have two women that are named that speak about something other than a man. I think for like a minute. I mean, it's not like the absolute best test for like but it's feminism. Something. But I do think like it says a lot about what we're putting in movies that like many movies don't pass it. And I feel like as someone who's writing a feminist movie, I would be very like keen on trying to make sure that that is something that's like it's very well known. Like I would be trying to make sure that that's something that's like I would, I would have to watch including. it again. I honestly don't know what to tell you. I the only it a scenes weeks I could ago. think of is when she's speaking to her mom, or when she's, which I don't think her mom is ever actually named, um, or no. when she's speaking to her friend. Like that's the only like other speaking to her friend or speaking to the um, the like head of the department. And that one that friend scene bothered me a lot, where she like tricked the woman into thinking that her daughter was like dropped off at like a frat house. Yeah, I mean... It's like, I get it, but I was also like, I don't know how I feel about, like, someone who, like, the whole movie is about, like, her trying to, like, 
grapple with like sexual assault to like use it as a weapon against someone else. Well, I would have had a giant issue with it if she had gone through with it. Yeah. I think it was more that it didn't actually happen. Because I think it, I, I don't know. It, I'm it's very just back white, and forth on it. It's just white women are also so complicit in so many things that I'm not mad at her taking revenge on a, another woman who yeah. was complicit in it, per se. I just think, like, for but someone think... who's a viewer, I could see, like, this is a very sensitive thing. So, like, I could see, like, as a viewer... I just think she was trying to address the really toxic mindset of when people are like, yeah, I care because I have a daughter. And it's like, I think you should just objectively care about people because they're people. So, like, I get it, but I think they were trying to address that toxic mindset of so many people don't care unless they somehow, like, in a gross way, people don't care unless they imagine their own children in that situation. So I think it was just trying to, like... Address that really been handled a little bit better. I don't know. Just like the way it was done, I was like, I don't feel like this was as like girl boss of a moment as y'all think this was. Like it just came off as like it's funny to me because that scene didn't really bug me. What bugged me was when she tricked that one girl into thinking she was like date raped. Yeah, that actually bugged me. That bothered me too because that's causing somebody. Like, okay, this sounds really bad. <laughs> like, also, can we talk about, like, within she the same... also, like, got someone intoxicated and, like, tricked them. Like, again, that's also my issue is that, like, she's fighting against these behaviors, but then uses them to, like, take revenge. And I'm like, I don't know if this is, like, the best way we could have written any of these scenes. Yeah. No, I get that. Because, I mean, within, again, with the college administration person, within the same scene, she was like, I'm kidding. Yeah. You know? And... You know, but with the other girl, she let her just sit in that mental anguish for, like, days at least. Yeah. And I'm like, that's, you know. There's just, like, a lot of stuff that, again, a couple more drafts and this maybe would have been a little bit better. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, this is just now a (laughs) promising young woman I think it's good, though, because this movie is, like... It's big. It's very interesting, like, I have such a complicated opinion of it that I feel like you need to hear my whole ramble about it before. Because um, it's this hard thing of I get where it's trying to go, and I want to support that. Yes. But but did it execute it well? Eh. <laughs> I actually would love to see the world's reaction if it did win Best Picture. Yeah. That'd be insane. Yeah. But I doubt it will, really. Um, I watched Sound of Metal. Oh. That one, I feel like I always have, like, one every Oscar season that it's, like, I would, I understand why you did not get nom or why you may not win, and, like, it's fine, but it's also a really good movie that I feel like I need to, like, root for. Like, I'm totally for Judas and the Black Messiah winning, but also, like, if there's any from the Oscar, like, cycle that I really recommend you win, it's Sound of Metal. No, I... And Minari. <laughs> no, I totally understand. There's always going to be, like, that personal favorite. Yeah. Like, like I was... Metal was just so well written. Like, when the year that, uh, The Shape of Water won, mm-hmm. that blew my mind, because that was that movie for me. I yeah. was like, I know, like, I was like, I know Shape of Water's not going to win, because it was weird, but man, secretly oh. I want it to win, because I love it, and then it did win, because I can the, manifest things. The year with, like, La La Land and... What's it? Moonrise Kingdom? That's not the movie. Moonlight. Moonlight. Yes. Um, my like one that I was rooting for was Arrival. 
Oh, yeah. Like, I'm so glad Moonlight won because it was very important that that movie was, like, uplifted. But Arrival, if you haven't seen that movie, it makes me cry. But, you know, actually... It's so good. You reminded me of Moonlight is, again, giving me a tiny bit of hope for Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah. Because if they gave the Best Picture I, Oscar to a black LGBTQ plus story, maybe a black anti-government story could win. I feel like... It has the potential to win because it's based on real events. I feel like if it was a fictional story, it would have no chance of winning. Yeah. Because then at least they can kind of like play it off as like, we don't agree with like the content or like the content message of it, but like but it's it historical. Happened. Yeah. I feel like they can kind of play it off it's like just, that. Movies like that are so important because it just reaches people like, in ways. Moonlight, really, I would, I'm a more surprised. Yeah. Because it was, like, a completely fictional story. And then because things can never be nice, yeah. they also had to screw up the announcement that year, which is yeah. so unfortunate. What if it happens this year? What if they're, like, promising young woman? And they're like, oops, sorry, no. it was Judas and the Black I'm Messiah. so glad, though, because I remember when I watched the whole Oscars, I was so mad when La La Land won. And then you said you turned off the TV Oh yeah, because I didn't know we Moonlight came won. to school the next day, and I was like, "Dude, did you watch the Oscars?" And you were like, "Cause I don't know why we didn't text each other." We didn't text very much in high school, but then yeah. again, we saw each other every single day, so that makes sense. Yeah, that's true. And you were like, "Yeah, I'm so mad, La La Land won," and I was like, "No, it didn't." And you're like, "Yeah, it did," and I was like, "Moonlight won." Oh yeah, I got so pissed, I just turned off the TV. Yeah, and then I had to like show you the clip, dude. Watching that in real time was like top five favorite historical events I've lived through. <laughs> Yeah. See, want to know my top historical event I lived through? What? Martin Scorsese watching Eminem perform at last oh, year's yeah. Oscars. Bruh. <laughs> I'm so glad the whole world was just like, what? It's just funny because I knew the backstory. Because, like, here's the thing. Again, I don't love the Oscars, but I know too much trivia yeah. because for no reason. And Eminem, when he was nominated for his song from 8 Mile... Yeah. He was like, there's no way the Oscars are going to give it to me. So he just didn't go. Yeah. And then he won and he wasn't oh, there to get it. Rip. So then this was their way of being like, come perform your song that you should have performed. But yeah. nobody asked for it. Like, <laughs> nobody cared. They were like, yeah, let's make up for this like this many years later randomly. Yeah. And so that's why everyone was like, so why funny. is Eminem here? Why is he performing? Uh, and Martin Scorsese really just funny. looked like out of it. It was so funny. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. Was so good. But yeah. Sound of Metal. I definitely recommend um out of the international i've only um i've only watched two sadly so i can't oh the only one that i'm missing out of the best picture is the father oh let me tell you about this one so i also have not seen it because i don't want to pay 20 dollars to rent it either um um, our mutual film guy friend donnie however hey, donnie. has seen it hi donnie Hello. You better be listening, or else um, this is gonna be really embarrassing for yeah. both of us. <laughs> yeah, but um, Donnie was telling me about, and like I was, I was just you know talking to him about Oscar stuff, and I was like, yeah, I haven't watched Mank because I don't care, and if it wins, I'll be mad. I put it in the background, and, and I did not process a single thing happening in that movie, but like I knew what the movie was about. Yeah. Or, and I was like, yeah, and I haven't seen The Father. I was like, meh. And Donnie's like, no, watch The Father. Yeah, I've heard it's incredible. He was like. It's not what you think it is. And he explained it, and I was like, oh. So it's actually been really hard to not pay the $20 to watch it. Yeah. Um, but I haven't watched it either, but I've been wanting to, because I forgot. Is that also... That could win. 
That could pull a green book. Oh my gosh. And just come completely out of left field and win. So I've started um, in Best International. I started another round, which like I just the whole premise of that movie makes me laugh. Yeah. Like just it's so funny because like I don't know. Same. Like same. But um, I just love Mads Mikkelsen. I think he's hot. I'm really sorry. Quo Vitus, Ida, you need to watch that one. Yes. I'm gonna like force you to watch it. For I the have the man who, uh, the man who sold his skin. Sold his skin. I have that rented. I haven't watched it yet. Okay, yeah, I need to watch. I'm gonna get through all of these. I think I'm just gonna binge watch them this weekend. I was also gonna try to watch best animated feature films, but I don't want to watch Shaun the Sheep Farmageddon. Hey, <laughs> is it good? I love Shaun the Sheep. Shaun the Sheep. Okay. Um, you know what? I think Soul is gonna win. Oh, for sure. For sure. Donnie, we were also talking about Sean the Sheep Farmageddon that night, and Donnie was like, Why is it nominated? Is just one named Sean? We never learned the names of all the others. Like, are they all Sean? Like, as a collective, <laughs> they're Sean the Sheep? Just a single Sean, or if it's just, we're all Sean. <laughs> Please make that a Twitter poll. True. We'll put it on the podcast Twitter. It just feels like. I don't know why this is a connection my brain made, but remember the controversy with the controversy, the controversy with the Grammys at one time where Bad Baby was nominated for Best Female Rapper and the Grammys were like, we had no other nominees. We had no choice but to nominate her. Yeah. I feel like there just weren't enough animated films where they're like, damn it, I guess we got to nominate Sean the Sheep Farmageddon. <laughs> like, they're just like in the like... Oscar's deliberating room. room and they're like okay we got an- we got another spot who are we going to the guy from dreamworks like busting he's like do i got a movie for, for you? you they should have just nominated one from like years ago they should have gotten a nomination they're like rudolph the red-nosed reindeer claymation like let's <laughs> get that one a nom dude every year they should just have like the you? best comeback category where it's a movie <gasps> that should have been nominated but didn't wait that's brilliant that's a brilliant It's called category. the Oscars I'm Sorry category. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all, like, fan-voted, they too. They make, like, the old, old actors now come back and accept their awards. Like, hey, sorry we wronged you 50 years ago. Oh my gosh, imagine. Kelly, that is genius. But also, before called we get too Oscars. lost down this rabbit hole, um, you have the exact energy of Clarice, the little claymation girl reindeer from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Remember when we go- I have a Snapchat of us Googling it. It literally says, like, when you Google her, like, info on, <laughs> on Google, it says first girlfriend. And we were like, first? I remember that. We'll post it. It's really funny. But, um... But no, the, actually, that is a brilliant category. Or like, cult classic. Yeah. Like, what has now become... Like, let's start... That's what I'm saying. The I'm sorry category. Because there's, like, stuff that the Oscars... Like, The Shining, that they said was, like, the worst movie. And then now it's, like, a fan favorite. Or, like, people hated The Green Mile when it came out. Yeah. Um, that's a fantastic movie. Or, I'm sorry. Like, I would go to argue that, like, Midsommar should have been nominated for something. Oh, for everything. <laughs> it makes Sorry. me really upset that it makes me upset. And I added the Oscars on Twitter about this. And I was like, bold move for you guys to buy the like a bunch of the props from the movie to put in your like Oscar museum and then give it not a single nomination. Because remember, it was this wasn't last at year? least best costume. Because even Janelle Monet that year of the Oscars yeah. did her openings, which was brilliant. Yeah. Where the opening sequence was like her 
doing movies that were wronged. Yeah. And she, she wore the Midsummer Queen dress. Yeah. Not the exact one. It was Sometimes I rewatch that opening just because it, like, gives me so much serotonin. Because, like, I, I understand why Get Out was nominated over mm-hmm. Us. But Us was yeah. still kind of snubbed. Even for costumes. Or like, Best Acting. Yeah. Who was the... Lupita Nyong'o. She did yeah. amazing. She should She played two roles. She played two whole roles. She played two roles and got snubbed out of both of them. Like... Okay, but, like, also, how would would they choose which role to nominate her for? Like, they really were like, you were better at this person than this person. Oh, yeah, maybe that's why they were like, "Mm," like, well, just put her her name up twice. But actually, just like Moonlight not getting the announcement it deserves, Judas and the Black Messiah, they were really, like, both David Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield are supporting actors. That makes me so mad. And it's like, then who's the protagonist? actors see i'm just like it's obviously like you don't want to give them both an oscar yeah so you're like mm, we'll put you i think it's because categories. it's increasing the chance of like someone from that cast is gonna have to go up there and give an acceptance speech and i think they're worried about what they're gonna say after making that movie oh yeah obviously yeah so it's so infuriating but keith stanfield should have been nominated for best actor because i'm just actor. like he's, he's the judas he's judas <laughs> Judas is named first. I have a degree in English. Judas is named first. He's the main character. End of story. That holds. Yeah. I mean, like, not really, but like... Yeah, no, I was gonna say, The Great Gatsby, Nick is definitely the main character, but like, it's fine. <laughs> I'm sorry, the main character is the glasses. It's the green light. Green light. Um, also, if you have extra money, please go into Barnes & Noble and order The Great Gatsby, but Nick has scoliosis. <laughs> Um, I, it's a good purchase. I saw a guy on TikTok that changed it, where every time um, Gatsby says "old sport," he changes it to "bestie." <laughs> Heck yeah! But um, luckily, Lakeith Stanfield just already knows how these things go, and yeah. he has a sense of he, humor because his response to it was funny. He's like, he, "I am also confused, but okay." He also should have been nominated for um. Oh, sorry I'm to blanking. bother you. Yeah, sorry to bother you. He's genuinely one of my favorite actors. See. Like, well, then, oh, I think I he's would... going to be, I think he's so underappreciated and underrecognized now, but, like, he's going to be the one from our generation that people are like, oh my gosh, we did we, not appreciate we him. We did him dirty. Um, yeah. I am in love with him. I yeah, same. truly think he's one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen in my entire I'm life. I'm in love with his character from um, Atlanta. Atlanta. <laughs> um, <laughs> when he has, but... like, the knife and he also has, like, a plate full of cookies. But see, uh, see, I keep going back and forth. Sorry to bother you not getting any nominations, does make me scared for Judas and the Black Messiah. Cause Sorry to bother you is a lot more in your face about what the, like... Again, I think we have some hope in the fact that Judas and the Black Messiah is historical. is historical. Yeah. Because I think the Oscars have a scapegoat of being like, we maybe don't agree with all of what they said, but, like, it's historical, so, like, we're yeah. just telling what happened. Yeah, because... Sorry to bother you. Because, like, low-key, is that not also why American Sniper was nominated? Yes. they were like, it's historical. Like... Because I was going to say, and also the director of, uh... Sorry to bother you, Boots Riley. I love you. Uh, I don't think the Oscars wanted to affiliate with, uh, him. Yeah. Which is... Just, like, um... Wrong, It has the same energy as, like, have you seen that video of Doja Cat when she was like, guys, if I ever won a Grammy, should I just go up there and, like be really quiet and then she does this like gremlin voice and she's like thank you for nominating me <laughs> and everyone was like that's why she didn't get nominated this year is because they were scared she was actually gonna do no, it she got nominated she, she didn't win or sorry that's why she didn't win is because like she would actually do that like also, she absolutely would i think yeah. the oscars 
are having are sweating the same way as they're like, oh, what are they gonna say? Yeah. Especially because like again, Joaquin Phoenix won for Joker, and I was like, here we go, and he was just like, please eat vegan, and I miss my brother. So I mean, sometimes they don't always do that, but. Yeah, hopefully but they also, do. Like, I love the drama. Yeah, but also like looking at like the movies and the subject matter and like the difference between these people too. Who's yeah. more likely to say something? Yeah, we live in a society. We live in a society. Um, oh my gosh, I saw someone say that "Promising Young Woman" is um, the female female version of Joker, and I'm like, a little. You're not wrong. I just. Why would you say something so brave but so controversial? I just, sometimes I'm mad at myself, because part of me, like, again, wow, actually, you're 100% right. Because I was going to say, aesthetically, I liked Joker. Yeah. But then it missed the mark on the actual substance, but I guess that's the same thing with Promising Young Woman. It was aesthetically awesome, but then missed the mark. Like, I feel like if you view it in the right light, it's a much better movie. I want to watch a physical fight between Joaquin Phoenix's Arthur and Carrie Mulligan's character in Promising Young Woman. I want to see them fight. I just, like, the movie, Joker got ruined for me. As soon as you told me that you saw that guy just blasting the soundtrack. Because <laughs> yeah, so was just time... bumping the bathroom stance song out of his car. I was like, dude, do you need help? So now we drive around and we blast it because it's really funny. Dude. Yeah. Which is like hard because also if just, I wish we could apply that score to a different movie. Because I was also a female composer. There are not yeah. many of them. And it's a really well done, really creepy score, but then it was given to Joker. Yeah. And I was like, let's have a redo. Again, Joker is one of those movies where I'm just like, it's not a throw it out kind of movie, but like, man, you needed a couple more drafts and probably some more diverse eyes in the like writing room to help you like see the issues of like what was in this. And it's just like, bro, when you're trying to make a commentary on like class consciousness and like mental health uh, and like struggles. mental health, but then you come up against Parasite. Yeah, that's also where it went wrong. Yeah, is it came up to Joker and Parasite. And yeah. if you want a movie that effectively addresses class, Parasite yeah. takes the win, obviously. Yeah, so it was just not a good year for it either. But I will say, say what you want, but I do think Joaquin himself deserved that Oscar. Oh yeah, he like. I don't know. This sounds really bad. I'm just like, every time an actor actually like puts their health at risk for like a role, I'm just like, please say thank you yeah, like, in guys, some way. Guys, please say it so he won't go harder next time. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, after The Machinist with Christian Bale, I was like, someone give this man an Oscar so he'll stop. <laughs> like, the way he fluctuates between like The Machinist, The Fighter, Batman, Dick Cheney and Vice. I'm like, bruh, this man's going to just deteriorate someday. He's going to have a heart attack. Yeah, we also need a please stop Oscar. (laughs) You're so right. I don't have to give Oscars we don't want to. Just be like, we're giving you this so you'll stop. (laughs) Dude. You get five minutes to give your speech and go. Like Tarantino needs that Oscar. That poor man. (laughs) Yeah. Just guys, please give him one so he'll. But like, we have to write on the Oscar what we want them specifically to stop doing. Like Quentin Tarantino is just like stop talking and showing feet in your movies. (sighs) Christian Bale is just like please go like take five minutes for yourself back in like Wales. But also, what I love, what I love 
is when Christian Bale speaks in his real voice. And people are like, what is this man doing? And we're like, no, dude, that's his real accent. No, I love it because everyone forgets that he's Welsh until, like, he starts speaking. And then it sounds like he is faking a British accent really badly. Like, when he started giving his speech, I think me and my parents were all watching it. And my parents were just like, why did he, he like, he literally just won such a big award. And, like, he's giving his speech in a terrible British accent. Like, does he think that this is a joke? And then I looked it up and I was like, no, that's his voice. No, this man for real has, like, a Cockney accent. Like, yeah. It's so bad. It's beautiful. Because he's always playing Americans and he has gotten the dialect down. Yeah. Better than act- some actual Americans. Well, because I think um, he's also someone that, like, stays in character while he's filming. Like, even when he's not, like, oh, like on the accent? set. Yeah, I think he's... I think he, like, keeps his accent throughout the entire time that he's filming a movie. Which I think is, like, low-key kind of smart. Like, I think that kind of, like, method acting is actually really... I know it can be, like, very mentally draining, but, like, I think it's very smart. <laughs> like, I always think about how Daniel Day-Lewis is an infamous uh, method actor, and that man was Lincoln for, like, <laughs> months. <laughs> People were, like, in between takes, at home, this man was Abraham Lincoln. And I would have lost my mind. <laughs> We're giving him a please stop act. No, Oscar. they did. They did. He he won the Oscar that year. We're like, bruh, stop. Like, your <laughs> wife just had the roughest few months of her life. Like, we should have given her an Oscar for being married to Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> like, the respect. Like, I respect that. But yeah. also, why? I feel like you could. I feel like if you're, like, a single person, then, like, it's fine. But, like, to do that to your family... <laughs> Because, you know what, like, I get it, I get it, and, like, damn, that is, I could never reach that level of acting, obviously, but, like, that's incredible. But I also love when people's personalities just switch as soon as they're done acting, and you get photos like Heath Ledger doing a kickflip over Christian Bale as Batman. I love that photo. Like, when you get stuff like that, um, I'm also like, heck yeah. When, what is it, Alex Skarsgård did his, like... I think to Bill Hader. Yeah, Bill Hader. I love that photo. Or, like, there's a video that melts my heart of when Bill Skarsgård was, like, undergoing the It makeup. Yeah. But the little boy who's playing Georgie was on set, and they were, like, being all cute and, like, buddy-buddy. But he's, like, Pennywise. (laughs) Um, I love it. Learning that he has, like, a, a, like, partner and a baby... Not that I thought I had that big of a chance with Bill Skarsgård, but it was that little devastating moment where you're like, man. Man's really solidified now. Like, when I heard that, you know, Harry Styles is dating Olivia Wilde, I was like, did I think I had a chance with Harry Styles? No, but now that I also have Olivia Wilde as an obstacle, I definitely cannot I think compete. I, could, I think I could charm Harry Styles. You know, have you seen that TikTok where it's like, like, name an actor that you genuinely think that you could like charm into dating you i feel like i could do that to harry styles and i feel like that's my absolute god complex speaking i i like i feel like this is gonna sound i don't think it's my looks that could attract him but i feel like it's the fact that like i can hold a pretty decent conversation about like like literature and like other things that I feel like I could draw him in that or, way. Like, I think you would put him in his place, which no other person on earth is. Doing. That is true. I think. It I think would, he'd like, be like, I don't like that outfit, and then he. No, like, oh. I straight up like he would be coming out because like I've said this about his um, Grammys outfit. Like he would come out and be like, "What do you think? Like, how do you think of this look?" And I'd be like, "You look like Emma Chamberlain. You need to take that off and wear something oh. acceptable to the Grammys." Yeah, so I think he would find that attractive, probably. Probably. I know this is gonna sound like a lot. Based on his most prominent ex, I'm not saying I'm like this person in any way or that I could compete with her, but I fully believe 
thanks to my training of going up with an older brother around dudes and with like just you know like being around a lot of dudes yeah. in general i think i have enough jokes and the brain of a 14 year old boy that i could pull pete davidson if needed no i could see it again not that i think i'm anywhere near ariana grande because if that's his type of woman i am not that but i think i could if i just cracked enough jokes like the right yeah. kind of jokes i think him and i could vibe i think i would scare him I just think he would say something smart, and then he would just not even respond. Yeah, like, I would say something like rate of response theory, and, like, it would just make his brain work too hard, and he'd have to leave. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, this one time we were at a party, and this guy came up to me, and he was very clearly trying to talk to, like, our friend group, and, like, talk to us, and he walked up to me, and he was like, oh, like, haha, like, what's your name, blah, 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 and then... He was like, um, oh, like, what are, you, what are you studying? And I was like, English. And he was like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. He's like, so what, do you, so what do you do? And I was like, I read and I write. And he's like, oh, wow. And I was like, okay, we're, we're done having this conversation. <laughs> he's a film major, too. And I was like, wait, what party? We'll talk about this afterwards. Um, <gasps> wait, I know. <laughs> I know now. <laughs> do you remember this? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because he was just like, because he's like a film major so I'm like I'm thinking you know I do the same thing as you just with like books like I read I take in the material and then I analyze it and speak about it no that's that. too much yeah it was too much to expect it's too hard it's too hard what an interesting episode we've created yeah um Oscars Slight uh, Grammys and celebrities that we genuinely think we could pick up. Yeah, Pete Davidson. Mr. Styles? Hit me up, man. <laughs> I feel like, here's the thing, is I feel like I could humble Harry Styles a little bit. <laughs> and he'd be a little bit more bearable for me. I, I think I would make Pete Davidson worse. I think I, think I, I would play into, into like, like, the worst aspects of him. him. Yeah, that's fair. Like, like I, I would just, just also start, start making really bad jokes. jokes. And then... Huh. That's how we would find. Oh, you know what? I would help his style. Yeah. Street style isn't my favorite. Like, streetwear. Mm. Um, so, like, I would try to do, like, what Tan France did in the Netflix I feel like thing. I could convince him to, like, eat a vegetable. <laughs> Pete Davidson? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that man has eaten a vegetable in his entire life. I think... Here's the thing. I don't think I could pull Leonardo DiCaprio, because when he dates 23-year-olds, he dates, like model 20 year olds I'm fully convinced I would annoy the hell out of Leonardo DiCaprio (laughs) what are celebrities you're a guaranteed breakup with yeah I think I would annoy him like annoy him I think it would be funny yeah that'd be good who do you trick him into thinking I'm a model and then once we're actually alone in a room together just be like so have you thought about being in Paddington 3 (laughs) who's the celebrity you think that like would be an immediate breakup with me Probably someone like Pete Davidson. Yeah. I don't think you two would have anything to conversate about. <laughs> yeah. Do you think Do you think it would be him, or do you think I would snap first? Oh, I think you would snap first. I think you would say, again, I think you would just say something, like, intellectual, and he would just start smoking pot, and then he'd be like, well. <laughs> so like, okay, we're done. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm... I, I feel mean. I'm sure he's a smart person, but... 
I feel like I feel like we could last for like a couple of hours because I feel like we have the same kind of like chaos wit but like I would say something like filing taxes and he'd be like you don't need to do that and then it would just be too much for me to handle yeah sorry Zoe saying we need to come over right now okay um we're gonna go help Zoe get ready for a dance yeah let's hope Whitney doesn't drive up onto a curb in front of our high school teachers again Ooh, yeah I did do that last time story for next time okay goodbye guys goodbye